All right, everybody. I am so excited for today because I have a special guest in the studio from with me today. I have never done this before. Never interviewed anybody for my podcast, but I thought it was time to try it. And I have an incredible guest here with me today. His name is Mr. Maxwell Bond. And I met him quite a few years ago and interacting with him and the way he thinks and he processes stuff is just phenomenal. Now, now I got to warn you, he's only 21. Now I'm 53. He may just blow your mind. So, so as you're listening to these pearls of wisdom that drop from his mouth, make sure you have a pen and paper because, oh my goodness, you're going to want to capture everyone, every one of these. So first of all, Without any more ado or whatever, however you're supposed to say, <laughs> Maxwell, uh, how do you want to be called, Mr. Bond Maxwell? What do, what do you want to? I mean, I'm 21, so I, I prefer Maxwell. <laughs> I have had no one call me Mr. Bond like ever. <laughs> so <laughs> so when I said that, was that like, wait, that's my dad? What? Yeah, right? it's just kind of like, um, no, um, that's for like old people and fathers. <laughs> I'm not even close to that. <laughs> Okay, that's good. That's good to know. Yeah, I I remember the first time I was called ma'am. Now I was in the military, but it was still kind of a shock. I was like, wait, I'm I'm not a ma'am. <laughs> so I totally get that. Um, so Maxwell and I were having a conversation yesterday, and um, we were talking about how he has been able to shift and and really deal with some very difficult things in his life. And the mindset that he has been able to bring bring to the forefront, and that's really what I'd like to talk to you about today, Maxwell, is, is I'm going to let you share as much of your story as you want. Um, that's totally up to you. And then remember, this does go out to 85 countries, okay? <laughs> So, you know, once once we once, once it's out, it's once out. It's out, it's out. So <laughs> so and I know I'm kind of catching you off guard here, but go ahead and share as much as you want and then let's get into those pearls of wisdom that we were talking about yesterday. Um you have the floor, sir. Gotcha. Um so so do you just want me to kind of um take like 1 minute, 2 minutes just to tell a story and then you'll ask me questions based on that or So, I want you to just Kind of just let it flow. Gotcha. Whatever you feel. Okay. Um, usually my podcasts are anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes, but okay. I've scheduled an hour for this interview. Oh. So, so, and I'm sure people will be fine. You know, they'll just be enthralled <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> well, just let them have it play in the background, have distraction noise or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I know I do that a lot. Well, um, I mean, when I was younger, I, I, I guess I could start. <laughs> Way way back, um, I was I was about three years old when my parents separated. Um, somewhere in there, three to four years old, and um, as I got older, just that divorce kind of carried through. And um, as I got older, um, I, I had a pretty good relationship with uh, my biological father at first. Um, I didn't see anything wrong. I I thought everything was normal. I thought it was just kind of like, hey, you know, this is. This is just kind of everyday life for everyone. And then as I got older, things didn't seem normal anymore. Um, and uh, in elementary school, uh, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't very fun. And um, it it was interesting learning from other people, like oh this 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 stuff isn't normal. And my mom, she helped me out too. She's like, 
um, as as I grew and talked to her about stuff, she kind of realized that hey, you know, some of these things aren't good. I mean, I used to come home swearing like a sailor every single time I came home from his house, and um, I realized that you know swearing isn't the best. I still do it every now and then. By no means am I a saint, but um, I'm I'm still working on upgrading my language, and uh, that's that's a whole other story. But um, as I grew up, things were never really handed to me, except for the bless of height and a well-functioning body <laughs> and a great family. And honestly, I think that's all I really needed. Um, played basketball throughout my life, and I mostly did it for other people. I did a lot of things for other people. Um, and So I'm going to pause you for a moment, because I'm sure... My listeners, just like I am, are wondering what are some of the things you went through? Because, you know, everybody has a wide range right. and, and you don't need to go in into the details if you don't want to. But give us a little bit of what it was like uh, being Maxwell at age eight or age 10. And, you know, I know you said it was difficult and you realized <laughs> it wasn't normal. Right. What, what, what wasn't normal? For me, what wasn't normal was, um, well, we'll just we'll just say we'll put you in the perspective of an eight-year-old kid, um, eight-year-old kid, bigger than most, um, if not bigger than the entire children at the school, biggest kid on the block, and you're the biggest softy of all of them, <laughs> nicest dude in the world, and I don't know, I might be tooting my own horn, but I, I never really was too aggressive. I never really wanted to do anything to hurt anyone. I which mean, is a good thing. Which is a good thing, yeah. I want you guys to know this gentleman is six foot nine. <laughs> and so, you know, if, if he had been aggressive, it could have been really bad, right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I, I feel like most tall people are one of two things. They're either, like, the nicest people in the world or they're in jail. <laughs> I don't think there's a middle ground. That is possible. I don't know. I haven't studied that. Yeah, that's fair. But I'm, most of the tall people I've run into, to have been pretty chill, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, I had a lot of kids um, who were of a certain religion, and I wasn't. I was I was the only kid, pretty much in the neighborhood, who who wasn't, and it it didn't go too well. It just because every time I tell my teachers, it's like, hey, I'm being bullied by this jerkwad over here. They'd be like, he's a great kid. I go to church with him. I mean, why would he be? Why would he be bad? And I'm like, well. Well, I'm getting hurt in here. And they're like, well, you're the biggest kid, and I don't even know you. Why are you getting beat up? Yeah. And it's like... Okay, that's interesting. You know, because I I had never thought of it that way. Now, I'm, I'm kind of a big person, too. I'm six foot tall. Right. And, you know, so but nothing at six nine, right? <laughs> and and um, I, I, I know that the majority of people always think, because I went through it, too... That, well, you're big enough, you can defend yourself. But if you have that program in your mind that says, don't, don't be violent, you know, don't attack people, don't, don't, then, then yeah, you absolutely can be bullied. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. So, so how did you, how did you deal with that? Um, well, at the time I would just. So there was, I guess this is kind of where things start to diverse. My mom would teach me every time I come home, you're a funny kid. Use humor. You're one, you're one of the funniest kids I know. Just be a goofball with them, and you'll catch them off guard every time. Because if you outsmart them, there's nothing they can do. They won't even touch you. They'll feel too stupid to fight you. Or they'll just be like, <laughs> okay, and just walk away. 
<laughs> they'll feel too awkward then too. So, uh, what were some of the things that you would use? You whip out some humor on us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some some of them might be some toilet humor because I okay, was eight years that old. Okay, toilet, right? So let let's say so somebody comes up and says to you, "Oh my gosh, you're so stupid." What? How would you handle that? I would just. I guess I'd just look at him and be like, so you've been listening to a recording lately? <laughs> just something like that. <laughs> just some kind of one-liner that you can just yeah, drop on them. And- yeah, just something that they, I would just say and they just wouldn't know what to respond. Or I'd just be like, that's your opinion. Or um, just, if I'm stupid, then you, sir, the entire class or something like that. I don't know. Just yeah. whatever. So in my first book, Bully Proofing You... Um, we spend a section on planned responses, mm-hmm. you know, that you can have. So when somebody's saying something to you, you because remember when intelligence, you know, intelligence is low when emotion is high. Mm-hmm. And so if, I'm, if I get charged by that comment, then sometimes it's hard to think. Right. So did you plan any of these responses beforehand or you could just whip them out, bam, quick draw, <laughs> McGraw? What? Definitely not at first. It was not that easy at first to just have them just thrown out because at first I was worried that I was going to hurt someone. Yeah. And then I had to get through the barrier of, no, my intention is not to hurt someone, it's to diffuse the situation. Mm. Mm, beautiful. I'm going to pause right there and, and reiterate that. Intention. The intention was to diffuse the situation. Intention is everything, right. isn't it? Ah, oh, beautiful. Be- I'm telling you, pearls, <laughs> pearls. Yeah, and uh, at first, of course... I, I was at first. I was a kid. I was very mature. Just and some of the comments I came up with later on were very mean. Were very harsh. Um, ones that I definitely learned um, from my from my father. Um, that 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 side of the family. And going on to this story, um, that side of the family was a lot more aggressive. I remember one day after school, uh, he came and just picked me up, and um, I don't remember if I had a cut or a black eye or something like that. Whatever it was, I, I was hurt in some way. And he's like, "Hey, what happened?" And I was like, oh, I got in a fight with a kid, and I, I didn't fight back. And he was pissed. He was absolutely pissed. He's like, you don't, you don't ever give up in a fight. If that kid fights you, you're the biggest kid on the block, and you beat the crap out of him to the point where that kid can't breathe. Yeah. And it, that, to me at the time, was very traumatic because I never, I never wanted to do anything like that. I mean, heck, when I was even younger, me and my mom would go to the playground, and I'd bring a kid over and be like, hey, mom, meet my new best friend. <laughs> And she'd be like, well, who, what's his name? I'm like, I don't know. What's your name? <laughs> That's how I made friends. I was friends with everyone. Yeah. Okay, so I, I want to, I kind of want to go off on a tangent because of what's happening in the world right now. Yeah. And there's violence. There there's is. There's violence. And so many people think that's the answer. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to talk to the point about how you had one side telling you more violence mm-hmm. and the other side telling you, no, no, not violence, use humor, use whatever. What is your perception of the way those two things, what what worked best? Well, I think in social aspects, the humor always worked best because if the bully's coming up to me, usually it's not just one dude, right? Usually it's him and a couple other dudes or whatever. So if I can get them to laugh at the leader or laughing at the situation, who's going to fight when they're having fun and laughing? Beautiful point. Beautiful point. I love that. And most bullies do it for attention. Yeah. Right? Right. And so if you're giving them positive attention. Yeah. Oh, love that. Love that. Yeah. And Beautiful. Violence just begets more violence. 
And yeah. if I were to fight him, he'd be he'd just be getting stronger and stronger and want to fight me. Right. I'd get stronger and stronger and I'd fight him again. And it would just be this constant testosterone-filled fighting, <laughs> just wanting to show who's got the bigger foot or not. Yeah. And and isn't that exactly what we're seeing in today's like society? It, yeah. it, feel, it feels like that to me, too. And I saw a post. Well, actually, my husband saw a post the other day on Facebook, and he told me about it. And um, somebody had posted, you know, we have to use violence because nobody's listening. We have to use violence. Nobody's listening. And, you know, we need solutions but I don't have any other solution. So if you don't have a solution, don't comment. I don't need. And I said, wait a minute. You know, and, and I thought about that for a while. And I'm like, hmm. wait a minute. I've got three comments. Yeah. Martin Luther King. <laughs> right? Right. You've, you've got Mother Teresa. You've got Nelson Mandela. And you, I mean, you could, there are other people that you could list as well. But those are the ones top of mind. And they didn't use violence. No, never. never once did they use never violence. Even, they probably even thought about it. Or even if they didn't, I'm, I'm sure that, and I might get a little religious, but I'm sure the devil put it in their mind. Oh, absolutely. And it's just like, absolutely. it'd be so much easier just to punch that dude in the face. Yeah. And the amount of strength it took to be like, that's not what's going to work right now. Yeah. That's not what's going to work. It's not worth it. And it just... Violence will beget more violence, and that's not yeah. what I'm after. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. I love that. And, you know, Mahatma Gandhi is another name. I mean, like I said, these names are just starting to pop into my head, right? <laughs> right. And there's absolutely, you know, you can absolutely look for violence. It's everywhere. And so's the other. What are you looking at, right? What are you right. focusing on? So beautiful, beautiful example of those two, you know, voices in your head and... And um, so, okay, so so go ahead. So we've got a little picture of of Max dealing with right. bullies, and not little Max, young Max, right? <laughs> yeah. And I went and continuing on with the story we were talking about before. Uh, me and him were heading to the cabin. I got to the cabin, and he says, "I want you to punch me in the gut as hard as you can." And I'm like, "Why? I don't oh, want to hurt dad? you." And my yeah, my dad. Oh wow. Okay. And he's like, "I want you to punch me in the gut as hard as you can." And I went to punch him, and I was like, wow, I actually hit him. And I don't remember a thing after that. He he hit me so hard, he knocked my lights out. Wow. Um, I remember waking up. I don't remember where I woke up specifically, uh, the couch, bed, floor. I don't exactly remember. I just remember waking up, walking out with a massive freaking headache. Yeah. And he looked at me and said, that's the last time I ever want you to get knocked out again. And the only person that's ever allowed to kick your butt is me. And that, that that was another wow. pretty rough time when I it was pretty fear fear filling. However, I you want bet. to say that <laughs> it yeah. was it was a pretty scary moment. Yeah, I'm sure. Did that fear stick with you moving forward of your dad? Was that always there in the back of your mind? I believe so. I believe it was. And as a kid, I mean, monsters in the closet, right? It's, right. Yeah. That's what I was always afraid of. And honestly. <laughs> it's going to sound weird, but I thank God for that moment. Because if it weren't for that moment, I wouldn't have realized how to work through fear and what wow. violence actually does. That it traumatized a kid to be afraid of his own father. Yeah. What kind of crap would you want to put <laughs> someone through? What kind of violence do you want to inhibit into other people, especially kids? Yeah. And that, that to me, I was like, I... 
I don't, I don't want to fight anyone. So luckily for him, it did the opposite. <laughs> he, he wanted to teach me how to be violent and only solidified my mom being like, be as funny as you can. Yeah. Because that sucks. You don't like that feeling. Yeah. But whenever you're laughing and whenever other people are laughing, I mean, it seems okay to me. Which is probably a good thing because aren't you bigger than your dad now? I am. I am actually bigger than my dad. <laughs> so, now. so yeah. So you know, and and you always you always have that. You know, the the smaller kid could get bigger than you someday. Right. right? It's so true. be nice. Be nice. <laughs> have that growth spurt eventually and gain like three hundred pounds of muscle. Right, exactly. Exactly. I want I want to uh, pull out another part that you talked about because I I constantly talk with my my audience about how the my current struggles are building my muscles for my future obstacles mm-hmm. right and and you mentioned that briefly you didn't say it quite that way but that's okay but you <laughs> you talked about how i realized you know, that sucked yeah and i now can look at that and see the gold nuggets yeah. right so share those gold nuggets with us again get your pen get your paper gold nuggets coming um <laughs> what what were the now as you look back and you see those struggles and where you're at now, at the ripe old age of 21, <laughs> you know, what, how are those struggles going to serve you moving forward? I believe it made me a lot more loving person. Mm. Without those moments, I would not understand pain. Yeah. I would not understand struggle. And I would not understand what it takes to be successful. Yeah. I need every single second of crud to be able to enjoy those good moments. Because if I didn't if I didn't earn it, if I didn't actually have to struggle, I feel like that those moments that I can remember that were just mind-bogglingly beautiful, yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to enjoy them to the extent I would be able to without it. Yeah, life is contrast, right? Yeah. I have, I have happy because I've had sad. And yeah. I know the difference between I have a right leg and a left leg. You know, I, I have to have that contrast. I have hot because I have cold. Yeah, I, I've got to know. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for that. Um, so I'd like, I'd like uh, one. We're, we're about ready to finish up here, mm-hmm. and I want you to to just think what is one. And, and I know it's hard, right, to pick that one thing that that can really help change someone's mind. Or their life, or and, you know, I don't want to put pressure on you. <laughs> but what what is kind of like Maxwell's motto? At the end of the day, if you were to do it to yourself as a kid, would you still do it? Mm, beautiful. What what would you want your kid self to experience? You know, if looking back. You're kind of like the big brother of your younger self. Would you want them to grow up to be like you? Would you want them to be like you? Do you want them to look at you and think, that's my hero? Or that's my villain? I mean, everyone can be anything. It's all about what you choose to be today. I love that. I love that. You're your big brother to your little brother. I mean, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And we could take that out and extrapolate that out into so many things, right? right. Uh, Matthew McConaughey in his speech, right? Who, who's mm-hmm. your hero? Me in 10 years. Yeah. Me in 10 years, right? right? And he's always always chasing that or, or trying to become better. You know, are you your hero yet? No, I'm not. I Oh, my gosh. I still have so many flaws. I still have so much <laughs> I got to work on, right? Right. And, and I absolutely, absolutely love that. Be, be your best 
big brother. Be yeah. your own best big brother or something. I don't know. That's that's beautiful, Maxwell. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining yeah, me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely loved having you on the show. I'm sure we'll have you back. Sure, we'll have you back. Um, I'm going to put Maxwell's contact uh, information in the blog. And wh- why don't you let people know, how can they get in touch with you, Maxwell? I mean, there's always a few ways. Um, email, phone number. I'm on pretty much, I'm 21. I have every single social media platform you can think of. So, <laughs> Okay, but are you the only? So one good thing I have is I'm the only Genie Cisco math. So when people type in my name, they can find me. Yeah. But like I typed in a friend's name the other day, Janet McDonald. There's like 5,000 Janet McDonald's. So, right. So do you, have, do you have a pretty unique name that people can find you or? Um. Not as of yet. Um, I haven't really actually tried to try and expand myself and to start standing out more. Um, but that that will definitely be my my future. Okay. Deal. Okay. So hey, if you guys have a question for Maxwell, um, search me, get a hold of me. You know, make a comment, whatever, and I'll make sure and get it to him. Does does that work? Yeah, that works for me. And and uh, we'll make sure and get that to him. My my email address genie at geniesiscometh dot com. Shoot us some questions, some comments um, that you may have for him or myself. And again, such a pleasure, such a pleasure. You have made my four way into uh, interviewing <laughs> very gentle and absolutely wonderful. Awesome! So, I'm glad I could do that. So thank you so much. And everybody else, thank you so much for listening. We've absolutely loved having you with us today. And um, keep in touch. Keep in touch. Let us know what we can do, how we can help. Have an absolutely fabulous day. And bye for now.